months after Pakistan's historic flooding that killed more than 1,700 people, the South Asian nation is still struggling to recover. And the United Nations is warning it might soon have to suspend its food support program for flood victims because it's running out of money. Fred DeSam Lazaro has the latest from one of the hardest hit provinces of Sindh. This story is produced in partnership with the Pulitzer Center and part of Fred's series, Agents for Change. Pakistan is no stranger to flooding, but this time the water never left. Huge swaths of land, farms and towns remain underwater. Four months after the flood, this school in the Dadu district, like so many others, remains inaccessible to students. Its first floor still completely inundated. The building used to be surrounded by rice fields. It's now surrounded by a lake. The school community is now scattered among some of the five million people still living in flimsy shelters like these. Our house is broken, our animal livestock has been lost, our homes have collapsed, my son died. We have nothing. We are just sitting here helpless. Our house fell down. My brother died in the flood. He fell in the river and died. Scientists blame a cataclysmic combination of glacier melts and monsoon rains, both intensified by climate change. It poured without interruption for days in a row, overwhelming a country that was ill-prepared and under-resourced. When we have these climate calamities, everyone's affected, but women and children are affected in particular. Simi Kamal heads a Karachi-based foundation focused on development issues. In a society where social services are almost completely absent, and a lot of people survive on philanthropy and charity. The school in Dadu is one example, one of 1,800 run by a private charity called the Citizens Foundation. Before the flood, some 700 children attended the school. Now, only about half the students have returned to a makeshift, mostly outdoor facility in a community center. The children are in extreme trauma. They're suffering from lots of difficulties. They don't have proper homes or food to achieve their goals. Principals Shabroz Mirani and Ambreen Babar no longer have access to the library, school records, or electricity, but they persist, trying to bring some stability to the children's lives. How many children in this school today have eaten lunch? So we have lots of lot of students that don't have don't uh, eat anything. Malnutrition is made that much worse by living conditions. Standing water has drowned crops and spawned pathogens. Malaria, dengue, skin and diarrheal diseases have all soared. About 500 children are brought into the pediatric emergency room at this hospital every single day. That's more than double the number prior to the flood. And they are coming in far sicker. This ER in the town of Larkana is run by the Child Life Foundation, a separate charity that partners with struggling public hospitals to modernize pediatric emergency care across the country. During flood, we have seen gastroenteritis, pneumonia, and malaria. That was common. Dr. Sohail Akbar works in the labor and delivery and neonatal units. But now, uh, malaria number is increased, and uh, uh, now also have malnutrition, and also the preterm babies, because preterm baby. yes, preterm babies, because uh, a mother, uh, pregnant female, she is not having uh, enough nutrition. 
On this day, Dr. Akbar was discharging four-month-old baby Muhammad Bilal, who was rushed here by his parents in severe breathing distress. A day later, with antibiotics and oxygen therapy, he was stabilized, able to breastfeed and breathe on his own. The care package of nutrition supplements will help a bit, but young Bilal, seriously underweight at just four and a half pounds, was hardly in good health as his family brought him home from the hospital to a tent that sits amid the rubble of the home they lost. It collapsed on the second day of the rains. Already deep in debt for a motorcycle taxi business, Bilal's father, Jar ul Haq, has no idea how they'll rebuild. The doctor has said that we have to be very careful of cleanliness. We have to keep the child warm. We have to ensure the child has medication. Doctor's instructions they're not sure they can afford. Two-year-old daughter Tanzila has also had health problems, including malaria, says grandmother Nusrat Khatun, who lives with the young family. It's been a very tough time. I'm a mother. My prayers are that my daughter has a good life, but she does not. We now will pray that our grandchildren will have better lives than their mother does. Whether that generational cycle of hope and despair for millions of families will be broken this time is an open question. Simi Kamal is skeptical. We had horrible floods 10 years ago. We never learned anything from it. No, we don't have the political will to actually build the kind of local government we need and government at every tier to be able to tackle these problems. And they're going to keep happening. But that doesn't mean we don't take, take action. So each one of us has to take action by speaking up, by writing, by supporting um, or lobbying for change. Officials say it may take until the early weeks of this year for the remaining water to disappear, for farmland to be farmed again. For the PBS NewsHour, I'm Fred Sam Lazaro in Sindh province, Pakistan. Tomorrow, Fred's next report will explore some of the reasons why the flooding has been so bad and what could have been done to prevent another disaster. And a reminder, Fred's reporting is a partnership with the Undertold Stories Project at the University of St. Thomas in Minnesota.